What's poppin' internet? This is the Pace and Space podcast coming to you live once again, ready to talk basketball as we always do. This is your host, Calvin, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Leif. Leif, what is going on? Man, I'm doing all right, man. And, you know, no complaints over here. It's been a couple weeks, so looking forward to getting it done. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. Last time we talked, it was around the Christmas Day games. We gave some previews. We were going to record, you know, life got in the way after that. You know, uh, we did a little did, did a little review of uh, who came out on top with the predictions that day. So if everybody is interested, they missed that. They can go back on our Twitter feed and catch that. Um, but we got some new topics to talk about, um, got some fun things to talk about, um, you know, just going back to a few episodes ago, we were talking about how, well, in the last episode, we were talking about how dark things were getting, but I think we found a way to kind of work around that and look at the bright side of things and get talking about that. So looking forward to the topics we're going to share today, um, and let's get, let's get into it, man. Ready to get into these? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready All to get right. started. Let's get into it. First up, I mean, I know everyone's been talking about them. We're kind of late to the party, but we still have to talk about him because, you know, this, this is one of my dudes. I think this is one of Leif's dudes too. Um, and that's Ja Morant. Ja Morant, is he having a rise to superstardom right now? Would you say that? Absolutely. Um, there's no question about that. I mean, I think you would say the same thing, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% going to agree with that. But uh, yeah. no, continue with your point. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a chance to, to watch him in preparation of the other days when they were going against Golden State. And I mean, this guy is awesome. He's definitely taking his team and putting, putting the team on his back. And I was saying that when he first came into the league, I was a little apprehensive as to whether or not he would take that next step. And last year, I don't think I saw that full step, but this year, I mean, this guy is amazing. And it's not just his athleticism. I mean, this guy is also shooting uh, at a high clip. I mean, this all his all around play. It's just making the team better. You see them doing well and, I believe right now they're on a 10 game win streak. And I mean, that's a lot to say about what he's doing. Yeah, they're on fire. I mean, there hasn't been a team they're not able to beat right now. We saw we saw what they did to the Warriors. We saw what they did to the Lakers. I mean, every every night is basically the John Morant show. This Memphis team was clicking even when he was out, but then he came back in after a few games missed and and he that team has gone to like a whole nother level now uh he's playing amazing when you look at his numbers he's just you know 25 points per game almost six rebounds almost seven rebounds a game and then you look at his percentages too 49 percent from the field 38 percent 77 percent he's playing a pretty efficient style of basketball while putting together this like highlight reel night after night uh, of moves and dunks and just plays in general. And they're le- it's leading to wins. Everything that is happening right now is leading to wins. The Grizzlies have the third best record in the Western Conference right now, Leif. And that's crazy. I did not see that happening at all. No one did. They, they were a playing team last year, you know, but I think, you know, they did, they did kind of um they did kind of rain on the parade. Everyone was hoping for me and you included, we were hoping the Warriors could, could sneak in and get that eight spot and play the Jazz. Um, Grizzlies, John Morant, Dylan Brooks, those guys stepped up and, and you saw you saw the the blueprints of what could happen this year and and the team is just hitting another level now. Yeah, it's it and it's not even like this team has a whole bunch of players on there that you can look at and say, all right, these are bona fide stars. I mean, I mean, Morant, that's a star. 
superstar even. I mean, I, I would sit down and, and debate with somebody and say, hey, do you think Morant's a superstar? You know, I, I can have that debate and I think mm-hmm. you can go either way. And I think more, more than likely people will say that he's a superstar. The rest of the team, I mean, we're not talking about a team that is like just flowing with, with these guys, you know, but at the same time, I mean, they're all playing at a high level. And I think a lot of that is a credit to Morant and his style of play. He's, he's an unselfish player. Yeah. And he's real. He's he's willing to get his team involved, which to me is something that's missing from so many young guys who first come into the league. And I'm wondering if it's something that he's now getting that mm-hmm. is now showing itself for the rest of the rest of the, the team. Maybe the rest of the team is starting to feel like they're actually part of something that can be sustainable. I don't know. I mean, there's so many ways you can go about this. Yeah. Uh... Think you pointed out to some good points i mean i think first and foremost uh john morant is showing he's a leader on and yeah. off the court um and i thought that was something that he had even when he got drafted because you know he, he's coming from murray state you know he's, he's coming from a mid-major he's not coming from one of these big schools so you know he he had that um he didn't come in like with like zion or rj or any of these, uh, you know, other guys that played at big schools where they got all this, like, you know, uh, highlights and news coverage and everything like that. He he basically had to fight for the notif- notor- notoriety that he's gotten, you know, to the point that second pick in the draft, you know, came out of Murray State as a second pick of the draft. That's not easy to do at all. That That's crazy. And, you know, we were talking about that draft. Um, when we were recording before, and I was saying I would take John Morant over Zion. He's right. he's always been my guy. I, I was I was shocked with that one. I, I couldn't sign up for that. Now, <laughs> in retrospect, now I was like, yeah, that was a good call. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean Zion, of course, has been injured, but even if you just look at the what's surrounding that Pelicans team versus what's you know, surrounding that that Memphis team, this Memphis team, like you mentioned, they don't have like a whole a team of stars, but they have they have a collection of guys that want to play together, and they have a collection of guys that have been they're they were either drafted the year before Jaw or they've been added to the team after Jaw's been drafted, and you know Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, you know Tyus Jones. Uh, you got um, Jared Jackson. You got all these guys that they are rallying around each other, and you've got you've got guys exceeding what people expected of them. And I think that starts with Ja because you know everyone's like, yeah, you got to take him second, but you know, RJ Barrett probably will still be better. You know, Cam Reddish, you know, don't sleep on these guys. So it was guys, they were guys that didn't impress in college, but they were players that a lot of the media still expected to be better than Morant, you know, but, and Morant, it was like, well, he has this performance, so you can't overlook it, but you have to take Zion first, of course. And I was just like, and I always said, well, why, why do you, this is a guard league now, which we see this, the NBA is a guard league, um, you see what happens when you build correctly around around a guard. You know, you can't tell me this isn't a guard league when you look at what the Warriors built around Steph Curry. When you look at what the Suns have finally built around Booker and Chris Paul. You know, you know how many how many playoff appearances did Damian Lillard basically drag the Blazers to? You know, guard guards really make the league what it is now, and you have maybe what could be arguably one of the best guards in the league already in John Morant. Yeah. I don't think that's crazy to say, you know? I don't, I don't think it's crazy to say. I, I want, In the future part, I think we got to talk about that, this, this shift of the league to now this guard league. But I agree with you. There's this major shift where people are looking at the guards as the one who's carrying the team. I know this is something that's been going on for years before you had the big the big guys and those were your guys and this team relatively is small and they play small and I mean 
Morant small. I mean, he's in, in comparison to other players. And then the rest of the team, you know, you don't have a lot of, they don't play big. They play a lot of small ball, a lot of moving around, a lot of picks, lots of finding the open guy. That's the kind of style that they play. But yeah, they defend though. They defend. defend. Yeah, that's the thing. On the perimeter, they're they're in they're in everyone's face. You got you got Bain. You know, Dylan Brooks is has been out, but he's a good defender as well. You know, Jaron Jackson. I mean, he has he adds a lot of size and 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 um, verticality while also being able to stretch the floor. Brandon Clark. I mean, yeah, you know, and they still got Stephen Adams just you know throwing bodies around down low too. So. Speaking of, speaking of Stephen Adams, do you know that dude is twenty eight years old? He he looks like <laughs> he, he, he looks like he's been doing. He looks like he's been like the the lead guitarist in a rock band for twenty years, man. Exactly. <laughs> I was I was I was doing some show prep and I looked at his age and I'm like he's twenty eight and I had to look look it up. I mean I'm like you kidding me? He's only twenty eight. But you yeah. know what? Right now, he's the oldest player on the team. <laughs> you know, and that just kind of, that shows you the, you know, the type of team that they've built. And, and typically you say you need some veteran presence on a team for it to be successful. But I think with, with Memphis, they've built this team where they've got a lot of professionals and they've got a lot of guys that have made the choice to be professionals at a young age, like, it's about the game. It's about the team. Like, you know, and, and I think, yeah, they didn't get, they didn't pick up a lot of guys that came with the glitz and glamor, but I think that's kind of worked to their benefit. Cause they, they got, they've gotten guys that are willing to just, you know, get in the, get in the dirt, get, you know, grit and grind 2.0, basically, it, you know, it's, it's a flashier version of grit and grind. Like, you know, the original grit and grind didn't have nobody, you know, dunking on people's heads like John Morant that did, but you know, this is a more modern version of that grit and grind that Memphis is so used to having. And I love, I love that team back in the day. Oh my goodness, great Zeebo. team, man! You, you know me and Zebo, you know. Yeah, Zebo. I mean, that was the uh, that was the below the rim grit and grind. This is more of the above the rim grit and grind. Yeah, I I think this is a team that would benefit if if I had to look at this team and say what would take them to the next level. I kind of almost look at the Phoenix model where you have a bunch of young guys with all the talent in the world, you know that they can play. And then you take that team and you put Chris Paul on it. And Chris Paul was able to really transform that team into Mm -hmm. like that super next level. So I think if there were a player like that available, someone who's unselfish, not someone who needs to take 20 shots a game, but can add Mm -hmm. another uh, leadership component to it, I think that takes this team and puts it on that level, possibly Phoenix. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even doubt this team to reach that kind of level. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Cause it's hard to think of who that player right now would be. Um, might be something where, you know, in the next season or two, maybe that, that, that name kind of develops itself or it'd be interesting to see if, you know, any of these guys they have, continue developing to another level where they can, you know, hit that next level in the coming year or two. Exactly. Yeah. You, you're not going to find Chris Paul's just sitting around waiting to get picked up. Not, not now. And that's, so that was the perfect player. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know who that player is right now. That's a, that's a tough thing to, to consider. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say me and you huge fans of John Morant with, we're buying into it. We, we believe in his, his talent. It, we believe in the production this year. Um, you know, third in the West, I mean, hard to, hard to, hard to believe they stay third in the West, but this team's a lot for the playoffs, right? I think they're a top 16. Uh, they're a lot. I don't see anyone else challenging them. I mean, after the ninth seed, there's such a huge fall off. I mean, you got the Blazers who right now are dealing with injuries with Dane. Kings are Kings, Spurs, Pelicans, Thunder. So really it's nine teams right now that you're looking at. And you know the Timberwolves are going to Timberwolves. And they got, but actually that's (laughs) right. I forgot right now, you know, it's six, seven, eight, and nine. 
you know, that's that's the basically. Well, no, no, I'm wrong. It's seven, well, eight, nine, and ten for the playing, right? Yeah, the Blazers, the Blazers are gonna get to play by default right now. The way the way it's it's breaking down, you know, like the right. ten, whoever the ten team is, regardless of the record, they're gonna get to play. Right, um, and right now that's looking like the Clippers with Paul George possibly missing the year. Yeah, and Kawhi, Kawhi, who knows if he comes back or not. Who's probably not going to come back, knowing Kawhi, knowing that Paul George. Especially if, if PG's out, I doubt Kawhi decides to suit up. I mean, although that would be reason for him to suit up, but yeah. he'll probably wait till next year and try and do this full force next year. Right, and then in your eighth, you have the Lakers, and I think the Lakers versus any one of these teams – is no slam dunk. So really the Jazz, I mean, I feel like they're pretty locked in. I don't see any reason. Grizzlies to... might Grizzlies might be set on on a top four seed way I'm looking at these standings because you got you got Mavericks and Nuggets at the five and six. And you know, I mean we're gonna talk about the Nuggets a little bit later, but it, it's you know, Jokic is on his own. I can't really see him like willing this team to like a top three seed again on his own as as well as he's playing and then you got Dallas you know Luke is still finding his rhythm you know they're still looking to to see what pieces fit I mean they're playing well but you know it's hard for me to see them hitting a stride like the Grizzlies have hit right now where they're just like beating everybody you know no nah, no nah, that's, that's not happening so the Grizz are good. I mean, they're mm-hmm. in a, they're in a, they're definitely a playoff team. I no doubt about that. Um, so, yeah, so they're they're good. Yeah. So I think I'm comfortable I, saying they're top four. I, th- I think I'm comfortable saying they'll stay top four. Yeah, I don't see anyone challenging that. I mean, I I don't I don't believe in the Jazz. <laughs> the Mavs, they're right there. They'll they'll they're a good regular season team. So right. they'll they'll go back and forth. They'll they'll go back and forth between three and two. I think, you know, uh, they'll 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 fight somewhere between two. Actually, they're all close to each other. They're only four games behind the Sun. So yeah. I think those four. I think those four teams are probably gonna just you know cycle between one through four at different points exactly exactly and and if you then if you look at the rest of that from five through nine they're really only separated by two games it's it's ugly man there's a there's like an almost six game gap between the four and five seed and then 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 uh five through nine are only separated by two games so it's yeah, it's, it's, it's good. this is like the worst I can remember the Western Conference being in, in a long, long time. And I wanted to mention that. I'm glad you said that because I wanted to mention it. I remember years ago, we were looking at the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, and we were Always like, trash. oh, the East is horrible. Always and, horrible. And, and, and I remember I mean, you were one of those proponents. I remember Adam Silver. I remember all these people looking at it and saying, oh, let's see if we can get rid of the conferences because the East is so bad. It's Just LeBron and everyone else. And now look what's happening. But, the yeah, the well, West has kind of leveled itself out a little bit. I mean, yeah, these things are cyclical, I guess, but that was a long cycle before it got to this point. Yeah, I mean, everyone... It, it was a long time before it shifted. <laughs> yeah, LeBron had everyone going West, man. That's what it was. I, I know. Come, come up for another day. I see your face. I see what you're about to do. I mean, the West was, was, the West was strong before, before LeBron came over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let, I mean, let's, would you rather go. would you rather play in the cold on the east side? Would you rather be in, in Cali in the warmer weather on the on the west? Um, I choose the west. I'm sorry. It's just uh guess so, right? Especially if you have the choice at that point, so sure. So yeah, if you have the choice, right? Unless it unless it's Miami. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so you know, we talked about job, we talked about the Grizzlies, we got a little Western conference talk. Now let's move over to the East for a minute. And one team in particular that I think it's about time we talked about them, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think it's time we talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers, Leif. 
They are currently sixth in the Eastern Conference. They have the third best defensive rating in the NBA. They have the fourth best net rating in the whole NBA. And their expected win-loss has would have them with the fourth best record in the NBA. What happened? What is going on with the Cavs this year? How did they get this good? It's... I, I wish I had one single answer to that question. I mean, it's a, it's probably a sum of a lot of different answers and questions. And I can't even pinpoint one thing in particular, especially if you think about it. I mean, this, when, when Sexton got hurt, I kind of felt like, all right, this team is free falling, Mm. but the, the team has rallied. They've had injuries with Rubio, which was a tough one. The Rubio was playing out of his mind. That one hurt. Yeah, that one hurt. Yeah. Um, but, and then, I mean, you got Mobley, who's been playing well. I mean, the team is just a solid team. I was worried, maybe you are worried too, about they had too many bigs in that four or five position. But mm-hmm. Even then, they are somehow figuring out how to gel. And then they got Rondo. Soon as soon as uh, Rubio got hurt, they got Rondo, who couldn't yeah. find any minutes in L.A. He comes over to the Cavs, and he's averaging 10, 4, and 4. Like, I thought you couldn't play, you know? But uh, Yeah, well, let's... I know, I know. Let's, let's, be, let's, let's hold off on the Rondo praise. I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually a little concerned about that pickup for them. I think we'll, this. We'll talk about that. Yeah. I'm not concerned about that per se. But I just I, feel I like think this, this team's a little too young to have a guy like Rondo. And, and Rondo is a very uh, pervasive personality. I'll put it that way. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. I, I, it's just a, a lot of players just gelling. And the team looks good. I mean, they look really, really good doing it. Right. I don't I know think, if I want to give all the credit to JB Biggerstaff. I don't know. If I want to hey, do man, he's he's doing a good coaching job. You know, uh, I, I mean, it's more than that, but you know, he's doing a good coaching job. You know, he it's not like he got like a a truly fair shake in his other interim jobs and before so you know this is this is a role where he's actually getting some ability to see what he can do as a head coach and so far so good I mean beginning of the year we were like you know how are they gonna fit Markinen, Mobley, Allen, Love on the court at the same time and get all these guys minutes and make it work and out of all coaches, uh, you know, relevant, relatively new coach and JB Biggerstaff is is getting it done, you know? Yeah, moving them, moving them in and out. Some of these guys, they realize, like, for instance, the key with Kevin Love, you can't play him too much. So right. he's, he's in that 20-minute range, and he's producing the, the bigs. I mean, they, they're all just playing well. And it's a team that they're not going to – they're not a team filled with all-stars. I kind of almost look at that. We already talk about the Grizzlies. I kind of put them almost in that same position where you don't, I mean, there's, there's no Morant on this team. There's no guy like that right now, but well, this yeah. team just comes together and they're just playing well. Hold on. I think there is kind of, I think there is a guy who could be another mm-hmm. Morant on this team. Well, Garland. Yeah, Darius Garland, man. Not, not yet, not yet, not yet. Listen, almost, almost. Listen, D- Darius Garland has made a leap this year. He made a leap, you know. Uh, he's he's a baller, man. He's a baller. He he's got a really good game. Um, you know, he's not gonna he's not dunking on people's heads like Morant, but you know, you look at this guy's progression. Like even last year, he was showing hints of it. You know, seventeen and six. You know, pretty pretty efficient out on the, on the court. You know, his shooting percentage got is getting a little better this year. He's 
taking more threes this year. I think when you look at um, the fact Sexton went down, I actually think that was, you know, something that opened up the possibility of allowing Garland to thrive a bit more this year, you know? Um, that way they didn't have to worry about your turn, my turn sort of thing, you know? Now we just have, you're the main guard working the ball, Rubio was support, you know, now you got Rondo's support as well. But, you know, this this is Garland's show, basically. And yeah. all the other guys that are that are playing well, they're playing well, feeding off of what Garland's doing with the ball. You know, you look at Evan Mobley, he's not a playmaker, you know, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a big guy, you know, he's he's getting he's he's getting fed the basketball. Jared Allen, he's getting fed the basketball. Larry Markinen, he's getting fed the basketball. You know, all all these guys, they're they're feeding off of the playmaking Garland's doing, and he's doing a really good job of it this year. He's doing a great job. I'm not taking anything from him. Don't don't get me to twist. I'm not taking anything from from him. I just can't put him on that Moran level right now. I just can't. No, not what Moran's doing this year. But I'm talking about where Morant was like last year or the year before. That's yeah. like where Garland is right now. Right, and I think this year is giving him that confidence. I mean, he he's averaging more assists. You can see that he's getting the team involved. Um, I, I think he's someone who benefited with having veteran leadership on a team. So we, we spoke about Rubio being on a team. That was beneficial mm-hmm. for him, that especially for point guard. Rondo, going back to him. I, I, I know Rondo is a head case, but I mm-hmm. think that can be beneficial for him. I th- if, if Rondo chooses to become that. You know? Well, that's what, if he chooses, because we saw what happened in Atlanta last year with Trey Young and it didn't work with Rondo in Atlanta. They had they had to trade him. They had to send him off. And then the team started clicking amongst other things because Rondo was taken out of the equation. Right. But this is so, this is a different situation. If you if, yeah. if Rondo realizes like, look, you're gonna get, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game. You're just coming, you're coming off the bench. We just need you to lead our second unit. You're not going to be on the floor to close out games, but this is what we need from you. Sure. Uh, but I, I, I like your take on Garland. He's doing, he's doing great. I also like your take when you mentioned Garland and Sexton, um, mm-hmm. how they had to figure out how to play together. So I do have a question. Do you feel like as seasons end, the Cavs are at a point where they have to decide which one they want to keep? I don't even think they have to decide. I think they're going to keep Garland. Oh, really? That's a, that's a good one. That's an interesting take. I, I, I think so. I think they have to make that decision too. I, I go back to uh, thinking about Golden State in the early years of Curry. And the I remember they were, exactly. They were trying to make that work. And they were just two, they were just, you know, two smaller guards trying to share the ball, trying to figure out how this was going to work. And a lot of times you felt like they were like, same, same way you described, your turn, my turn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's going to happen here with Garland and Sexton, that they're going to have to decide which one of these guards are we going to keep. We're going to have to let one go. And I'm not sure what they get back for it, but I think they show that they can still play effective without Sexton. I'll be curious to see what they can do with it. I think that's the I think that's the key right there. Like Sexton, he can score. He's a great one-on-one player. He's a great isolation player. He knows how to get his shots. But I think you've seen this year how Garland, when when Garland is the lead guard, there's the more complete game the rest of the team is benefiting from. You know. And it could just be, you know, it could just be a product of this team was going to be better anyway. So maybe even with maybe with Sexton, they're just even better as a team. I mean, that could be the other that could be the other way you look at it, too. Maybe they just maybe they just decide we want to keep both these guys because we think we could be like a top team in the East with both these guys. They could decide that, too. Um, it'd be hard. It's hard because you see you're seeing how the team is thriving right now. So, and, you know, I think part of that is because they got Jared, Jared Allen, who, 
you know, it's still crazy to me that Cleveland got Jared Allen just kind of as a throw-in with that James Harden trade. Like, Jared Allen should have been the key piece. Like, when you look at all the pieces that left Brooklyn for James Harden, like, he really was the key piece in that whole thing. And that was the one guy Brooklyn should have tried to keep out of everybody they were trading away. But, you know, DeAndre Jordan wanted his minutes, so they traded him. And then Houston didn't even want him. They're like, no, 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 we're not going to take him. Find some other team to take him. You know, and, and Cleveland got him for, like, what, some picks? Exactly. They got him for nothing. And he, he's a monster. You know, he's a double-double monster. He's a machine. And he's a defensive, like, nightmare for teams, too, as an anchor. So, you know, and uh, it allows it allows everything else this team is doing. It's allowing Mobley to just terrorize everywhere. It's allowing marketing to hide on defense, you know, and it's, a, it's allowing space for my guy that I'm going to bring up next, Kevin Love, to cook. Oh, boy. You talk about Kevin Love. Kevin Love is back, baby. He is oh, back. No, he's not. He's back, man. Do you not see the work he's put it in this year? Off Kevin the Love bench. Is, Kevin Off Love the is, bench. Kevin Love is not back. He is. He is reformed. He's he he is a different version of himself. But I'm not gonna say he's back. Can't do it. Can't do it. If you look maybe, at Kevin maybe, Love's maybe. per 36 minute. Stats. No, see, but that's the thing. Don't don't he, don't. Oh, don't do it. He is he don't is doing do he's doing numbers that he only, he's doing numbers he hasn't done since Minnesota at a per 36 minute rate. And you have to and I reason I bring that up is he's only playing 21 minutes a game. He's taking he's taking that secondary role. He he's taking that bench role. He's not complaining. He's not barking. He's not saying trade me. He's just playing, man. He's just he's playing. Not- He's not going to complain because he's making over $30 million a year. He is a walking injury. What complaining is he going to do? He, there is no complaint. Where else, where else is he going to go? He, he, if, he, if you're Kevin Love and you have Kevin Love's talent, it is, it is, there are players like this that will still demand to start, that will still demand to get the touches, to still be considered the guy. He's not doing that, you know. He's he's playing with the young guys. He's taking that role off the bench, and, and to me, that's another reason why this team is playing so well. Look, I I, I am not hating on Kevin Love. I just don't want to say that you he's of bad. Are. No, kind I'm of not. Are. I'm not saying Kevin Love is Kevin. Look, look, look. We know Kevin Love. We knew, we know what Kevin Love was doing back in the day. Like hundred percent, yes, yes. That Kevin Love is not here. This isn't that Kevin Love. Now it's crazy to think how long ago that was. We know this isn't this isn't Minnesota Kevin Love. That that was a different version. That was one point oh, two point oh when he started in Cleveland. I mean, we know what his numbers looked at when when he was playing with LeBron. It was, you know, he was going to give you about 18, 19 points a game. He was going to give you double-digit rebounds, nothing defensively. That's what it was. I mean, at this point, he's averaging 14 and 7. That's not bad. Off the bench. Tell me how many people are doing that off the bench, Slade. He has to do it off the bench because he's not. (laughs) Because they know as soon as they go and give him more than 20 minutes a game, He's going to get hurt. That's what's going to happen. It's not or a knock maybe, on him. Or, or maybe he's willing to work with what this, what this team has going on right now. They got Jared know, Allen. They got Markinen. They got Mobley. You know, they've got all these bigs. He said, maybe he's fine being – see, no. Is this Minnesota Kevin Love? No. But Minnesota Kevin Love was not a winning player. He was a stat monster. Yeah. he was not a winning player. He wasn't. Kevin Love 2.0 – playing along, along with LeBron, he was a scapegoated player. He was never considered a winning player. Now we have Kevin Love 3.0. Now we have the sage, wise, veteran Kevin Love, who's just, be, who's just helping and supporting the team, but he still has this 
you know, he, he's not Minnesota Kevin Love, but within the minutes you give him, he can still give you that level of talent, that level of quality. Look, okay, all right. Let me let me put it out there like this. <clears throat> I'm gonna be clear. And and to this, if I put it like this, you'll see that I am not hating on Kevin Love at all. In fact, you will say, like, I understand you, I get you. Okay. To me, I am not going to say Kevin Love is back because Kevin Love at the time of his peak, that's just what it was. You know, he went in his 20s, he was a different player. He had a lot of injuries the past few years. He past few years he barely played. I mean, he played, but it wasn't at the level that you might have been used to. Even though in 2019 he played well, huh? Some of those games missed were not all because he was actually still hurt. A lot of that was Cleveland tanking. And a lot of that was Cleveland not wanting to play him because they wanted, they were trying to find a trade partner and because they didn't want to buy him out and because they were still trying to get lottery picks. So yeah, he was getting hurt, but he wasn't actually that hurt that he needed to miss all those games. A lot of that was the team keeping him out too. Look, look. But that to me says that even the team at the time did not feel like it was worth putting him on the court, not because they felt like he was going to help the team win per se and not tank because look back in Minnesota, look back in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) well, he wasn't a winning player, but he wasn't like bottom of the lottery in Minnesota either. Like he'll, he'll still get you to 38 wins, which is what they didn't want. Right. And they and that's fine. Okay, sure. I think if you had to tell me which version of Kevin Love I like most, I will say that it is this version of Kevin Love. Which it doesn't mean that I see, 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 that's the thing. I'm not gonna say Kevin, that's the best thing. See, that's what you want to say. I'm not saying Kevin Love is back. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I like this version of Kevin Love. Kevin Love, who you broke it down perfectly. He's not a, a stat guy. So he's not he's not fantasy-wise, meaning like you, you put him on your team in fantasy. You I got him on my fantasy team. So I'm, I'm I mean, you do, that, you do that now, fine. You go ahead. You go and you do that and you enjoy that. And I hope that you get another 10 games out of him. But I'm going to – no, no, I'm just kidding. You know what a I'm shade. Kidding. There's a shade right there. You know, I'm kidding. But you know what I mean. You know, you know back in like 2010, Kevin Love, you put him on my team – you know, and I had him and I'll get Griffin. And I mean, it was just double doubles every night. It was amazing. That's who he was at that time. And I, th- I thought I liked that version. When you mentioned that when he was on playing with LeBron, when he was playing with LeBron, he became a scapegoat. And that's absolutely true. Every time they lost, it was like LeBron. It was like Kevin Love was like the Chris Brosh of Miami. Yeah, you know? that's basically what he was. It was, oh, it was. it was his fault. It was his, you know, whatever he did wrong, whatever. What I like about this version is that oftentimes when you get to this point in someone's in someone's career, it's kind of hard to find someone who uh, it's kind of hard for a person to know that they had the talent, know where they were, know what they were capable of doing and accepting a role where they are still adding value to the team, but still playing at an exceptional level. Now, mm-hmm. is, is, is Kevin Love what he was before? No. And I do not expect him to be. But you know what? I think of other players who could have been put in a different position. I think about um, Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard, in this point in his career, I mean, <laughs> it's laughable almost. Right. And I think Kevin Love is setting himself, setting himself up to get to this point gracefully. In fact, he's showing himself to be of solid mind that if if his contract wasn't so bloated, I would actually think of him as someone who'd be good on Memphis. Solid, big, just Mm. does his work, solid presence, helps bring the team together, that already has a playoff championship pedigree. I think something like that would, would work besides his bloated contract, which no one's going to take on. 
So I I go back. I like this version of Kevin Love. I do not hate this version of Kevin Love. I just won't say that he's back in comparison to where he was before. I think it's a, I, I get that. And I when I say he's back, I don't mean that here's, here's Minnesota Kevin Love back. I'm just saying he's back to being a player we can actually just watch and enjoy again. You know? I'll, I'll take that. Because from the whole time he's been in Cleveland, it's just been, it's just been like you, you either had to drag him or you had to defend him. There was just all this drama around it because he was scapegoated. And then he went from being, you know, LeBron's scapegoat to becoming this bloated contract that was holding down the team after LeBron left. When, you know, things just weren't shaking out and they were not his fault. It wasn't his fault that he took that contract. They, hey, you, you offered me $120 million. Why, why would I turn it down, right? Yeah, and no one's so, ever going to blame him for because if someone gave me that much money by the pool, <laughs> you remember that? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm taking it too. Of course, of course. So, but I think now he gets to actually be seen in this light where he is a useful player again. He, you know, you don't have to think about the contract. You don't have to think about if he's holding LeBron back from passing Jordan. You don't have to do any, you don't have to think about any of that anymore. All you have to think about him as a talented player that's helping his team win basketball games. And I'm, and I'm happy for Kevin Love that we're at this point again. I like that. I like that perspective. Yes. I, I accept, I, I accept what you said. I accept your apology for, apology (laughs) what apology so he so you're basically you're saying he's back to being a player that we could root for and watch yes yes there you go you should have led with that we would have been all i said was he's back all i said and you were like no 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 and then i said he's playing well look at his per 36 he he's he's putting up quality He's putting up quality like like when he was in Minnesota, just not at the same amount of minutes because he's not 25 anymore, you know? Okay, that's okay. So we, we've gotten that cleared up. I'm glad we spoke about this because, I mean, just for y'all to know, we were talking about this on WhatsApp and we were talking about this and he would be like, oh, look at Kevin Love. And I'm like, please, I don't want to talk about this. And then I look on the board and I see Cleveland there, and I'm like, my mind, like, oh, I know we're going to have to talk about Kevin Love. It's going to come up. And you you so, came in with your guard up. You came in with your guard up. I came with my guard up. You know, I was like, oh, it's going to come up. Like, maybe I can talk about something else about the Cavs, and Kevin Love won't come up. But I knew it. I knew it. But I'm glad we had this conversation. We can we can bro hug it out, and we can say we, we are we're both appreciating what Kevin Love is doing right now. Yeah, uh, I think I'm appreciating it a little more than you are, but yeah, we're both appreciating it right uh, now. See, so, so you got to keep going. You got to keep going. <laughs> All right. Who, who, let's, who, let's, would you, let's... Who, who, who would you rather right now, Kevin Love or Anthony well, yes. Davis? <laughs> Kevin Love. Give me Kevin Love. <laughs> Give me Kevin Love. They make about the same amount anyway, right? Just one plays more now than the other. Yeah, and, uh, you know, actually, it's kind of funny because even with all the with all of the nonsense in Cleveland, he probably for his career has probably been more durable than Anthony Davis. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, which is wild. All right. So since we're talking about players we appreciate, now we're gonna go to our third topic. And our third topic is one that it's a player that I always like talking about. We We've been talking favorably about him, I think, as long as we've been doing this podcast. And, and that's Nikola Jokic. And we, we mentioned, we, we kind of previewed we were going to talk about Denver uh, later on in the show. And here we are. And, and my question to you, Leif, is the Nuggets are sixth right now in the West. Jokic is putting up amazing numbers. Do you think it's possible Jokic can win back-to-back MVPs this year? Absolutely. Mm. Why do you say so? Well, I have to think 
about his numbers as a whole and see whether or not his numbers have gotten better. And they have. I have to think about who he has on his team. And his team is dealing with injuries after injury. The team is a shell of what it was before. And yet they still compete night in and night out. Mm -hmm. So just looking at it, I mean, a lot of people may not basically look at Jokic's numbers just because he's not flashy like some of these other guys. You know, he's not going to do Curry kind of things or Giannis or KD. But when you realize this guy is almost averaging 26 points a game and that's not enough. He's averaging 14 rebounds a game. That's not enough. He's averaging seven assists. That's not enough. 1.4 steals. I mean, he's doing it all while doing it at a very, very high level. So anytime you have a guy who is basically your leading scorer, he is basically your leading rebounder, and he's your main distributor, you, you almost have to look at him every year in that MVP conversation. I, I just find it hard not to at this point. Yeah, and, you know, yes, they're only sixth in, in the West, and I know that's going to be hard. I mean, but we had, we had Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, win an MVP when his team wasn't like a, you know, a top four seed in, in the West or a top, or, or a top team record wise. So if we could do that with Westbrook, I don't see why we couldn't with Jokic and, and Jokic won the MVP last year and he's probably playing even better this year, which is the thing. Like uh, you look at his numbers, uh, like the dude, the dude has gotten better on defense this year. Like you look at look at his defensive rating, he improved from like a 109 rating last year to a 102. The team is actually a positive on the defensive end when he's on the court, and a negative when he's off the court this year. And like that was that was probably like the one thing you can knock him for up until this year. Like his defense, like you know, yeah, he's a great offensive player, but you know you got to make up for him on the defensive end. It's not even like that this year with him. You know, he's playing, he, he put the work in on defense. He's doing more than he's ever been asked to on both ends of the court. And he and he's coming through. Like the only reason his assists are a little bit down this year is because who does he have left still? You know, he doesn't have Jamal Murray. He doesn't have Jamal Murray. He doesn't have Michael Porter Jr. A whole bunch of other guys have been in and out of the lineup. You know, his his, his only other real defensive weapons on that on that team right now are Will Barton and Aaron Gordon and then you know the rest of the team sprinkles in eight points here and there eight to ten points here and there um this team would be a lottery team without Jokic and they're playing themselves into securing a playoff spot yeah I mean you mentioned some of the guys on your team, Austin Rivers. This is a guy who right now is getting 20 minutes a game. That right says now. it all right there, Austin Rivers. He's and in those 20 minutes. Now, I'm going to compare it to what we just talked about. Sorry, one more time. I'll mention him. Kevin Love is averaging the same amount of minutes as Austin Rivers. And Kevin Love is giving you 14 and 7. Austin Rivers is giving you five and everything else is pretty basically nil it's like nothing else Aaron Gordon's not even giving you 14 and seven and he's playing almost 32 minutes he's starting he's starting like when you look at when you look at Jokic he's averaging 14 rebounds a game the next closest person is Mike is Michael Porter Jr. at six and he hasn't and he hasn't played you know since the beginning of the season he only played nine games this year exactly exactly would have would have would would have messed up nerve in his back (laughs) exactly so you know Aaron Gordon he's a decent player 14 and 5 but like you know and then when you look at um assist like you know you got Compazzo Monty Morris like Will Barton these are the only other playmakers on this team you got Jeff Green as 
<laughs> your, your guy off the bench. Like your Jeff your Green is giving you 25 man. minutes a game. Jeff Green. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, I think the Nuggets were probably like the one team he hadn't been on yet. So good, good for him, you know, rounding out the portfolio. This this team, I, they, they, it's a miracle that this team is even a playoff team to even begin with. But that just shows when you look at Jokic. Now, look, if 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 the Nuggets are right now, they're in six right now, right? Mm-hmm. If they can, fi- if they find their way to fourth, let's say, I think he's. Without a shadow of a doubt, MVP. Because there's no way possible they get there because of that. There's like, look, KD, KD right now, great player. We get it. We know it. Mm -hmm. Mets are doing exactly what we thought they were going to do. So that, you know, that Kate, when you have a KD Harden, and Kyrie, we don't want to talk about that too much. But you got that. You can't talk about that. Giannis, Giannis is doing Giannis thing. No knock on Giannis. But they're doing what we thought they were going to do. Curry, amazing. Again, mm-hmm. doing what we thought he was going to do. But this team, <laughs> the Nuggets? I know. This is, this is bad. Like, it almost feels like the team was trying to tank, but... Jokic won't let them. <laughs> I know, I know. I th- I think I think if you're looking for someone who actually has just maybe just as compelling of a case or or could have close to a, the same case as Jokic as kind of you know stepping up and keeping his team in it, I think you you're probably talking about maybe Embiid. But but even with Embiid, like yeah, they don't have Ben Simmons. They, he's got he's got a lot of supporting help on that team. He, he's got a, Embiid has a lot of support on the team. That's true. I mean, but at the same time, he's another one. Matter of fact, you're right. You're right. I would put him there in that same thing. Absolutely. Okay, so, so I think you know. I think you not you can't take you can't take KD off off the ballot because he's having like too great of a season. He's going to get the MVP votes regardless. Giannis should, you know, get some votes too, just because, you know, he, he's that dude, you know what I mean? He, he's arguably like the best player in the league. So how could you like not give him any votes? And then, but really, I think we're talking about Jokic really making the best case to win. And he won last year and he's playing even better this year. And then, Embiid, which is interesting because Embiid was probably the guy who had the second best case last year behind Jokic. So I just don't, it makes me wonder sometimes, especially when it comes to the choice of MVP, what people are looking at. Uh, This is another one of those situations where I'm, I'm very curious, especially I mean, I'm glad you mentioned Embiid. That was a good one because he's another one who he's on a team right now with guys who should be playing better. I mean, you expect you know, Tobias Harris. He's being paid like a star, so you expect him to be playing better. But And then you're playing without Ben Simmons. So you kind of think, okay, well, what else do we have on this team? And they're, they're, they're hanging in there. You know, they're I mean, doing what they're supposed to do. And he's willing them. I mean... Yeah, Embiid is Embiid is doing what he needs to do to keep them in there. I mean, yeah, they don't have Simmons, but then you look at what Maxi's been doing this year, it offsets it kind of. And yeah, Tobias Harris isn't playing to his salary, but Jokic would gladly have someone doing what Tobias Harris is on his team right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll take a Seth Curry. Yeah, and Seth, and then so you know, Maxi and Seth Curry, they both stepped up this year, which is part of why they're they're still you know, in the hunt. I mean, they're only fifth in the East too, so uh, you know he would kind of have the same issue Jokic is having right now. Um, but honestly, I, I I really really do believe Jokic should 
really be any more talk about the possibility of going back to back as an MVP. Yeah, I agree. Because right now, who are the the leaders you would say that you hear about? Uh, Durant. Durant is like the kind of like the MVP favorite. Um, you, you hear some you hear some MB talk. You hear some Giannis talk. There's Steph Curry. It's kind of like KD Curry, and then uh, you know Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic. It's kind of like those five. Like Jokic gets some buzz, and you know uh, there's probably gonna be some like DeRozan talk at some point since the Bulls are like first in the East. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't see. Uh, I can't see it going too much longer without. I'm already hearing a lot of DeRozan talk since the Bulls have hit hit first place. So it's only a matter of time till he gets some maybe down ballot MVP votes, you know? I, I would be excited for DeRozan winning MVP. I, I, would, I would get behind that. I, I was excited with Jokic winning. I felt like that was a good, a good feeling because mm-hmm. it was something different than the Giannis, the KDs, those kind of names. So I, I can get behind that. Absolutely. So DeRozan, um, you know, you're going to, LeBron's going to get a few votes, of course. I mean, yeah, just because he has to. I mean, he's playing better at 37. Somehow he's playing at the same level. And it's, it's, he's just weird. He's just abnormal. He's playing <laughs> center right now. He's playing center right now. Exactly. Like, what but i mean and he's playing well he's playing i mean yeah his numbers are his numbers are amazing you know it's it's vintage lebron you know right but it's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of hard to be an mvp against yourself kind of like yeah it's kind of yeah. like yeah it, it's it's he's gonna get some noise for it well let's see the longer anthony davis goes without coming back and if there's any point where they start where they start sniffing like the five the six or five seed and not you know not getting like embarrassing losses the night after like needed wins then I think you probably will hear some LeBron talk and then it'll probably be it'll probably be Katie Steph LeBron that'll be the ones that dominate the media narratives yeah, and then not until you find someone like us who would say, yeah, what about DeRozan? And what about Jokic? And what about Embiid? What about those guys who are yeah. doing work and keeping their teams in it? Yeah, I mean, all NBA is going to be very interesting this year. Oh, yeah, First, first second, and third teams, they're, they're going to be very interesting this year. Uh, I'm I'm uh, interested to see how how that how that's gonna play out because you got the you got the the rise of of, of Morant like we were talking about Jokic Jokic and Embiid that's you got you got to have them like first and second team no doubt then you have Giannis KD LeBron they can't all be on the first team because they're all forwards. It's going to be interesting. Like, I think this might be the first time LeBron's on second team. It might be. It, it, it might be. I like to throw something else out there. There mm-hmm. could be a good chance, you know, we can get some Morant talks for MVP. We, we can, we can almost be. try to will it into existence. That's another guy. I mean, we were already talking about how amazing he's doing. Like, I mean, there's a lot of... There's a lot of Derrick Rose MVP year vibes right now with John Morant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep playing. If they keep playing well, and they if they stay in a top four seed, to to me the the most worthy the I I don't want to say the most worthy, but the the ones that the names that I would like to hear get the MVP considerations. There's, of course, Jokic, Morant, and then Embiid. Those would be, like, the three guys I would like to hear the most about um, who's going to win the MVP. 
I, I think we have to see that. I, I honestly think we're at this point now where we got to start giving consideration to these guys. Yeah. The, the same names, when we hear the same names, that's cool. We're not mad at it. But yeah, I like to hear some of these other names. Yeah. You know, and, and I get why the same names will continue because, um, you know, these things matter for players' legacies, you know, and if you, and we, we are talking about, you know, two of the greatest players that ever played, like when it's all said and done and like LeBron and KD, and we're talking about another all-time great in Curry, you know, those guys are already established. They're going to be all-time great. So I do get why those names are going to still come up for votes because now we're talking about their legacies and when they go into the hall of fame, their greatness should be reflected in how many awards they did get. So I get that part. But you do you do want to see new guys get their credit too at the same time. So but we're we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk our piece, but uh and hopefully hopefully we get some uh some fresh meat, you know, some fresh storylines in the MVP race this year. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, those that's it, man. We did it. We covered our topics today. This was a nice, this was a nice jump back in after a couple weeks break. I mean, I love the topics we talked about. I love the players we talked about today. I, I think that's gotta be what, you know, where we go at, at, go. That's a nice direction for us, you know? Not that these guys aren't talked about because John Morant is, he's just on everybody's mind right now. But, you know, Jokic is kind of being an afterthought for MVP, you know, the Cavs, you know, I. I don't really, you know, Darius Garland, Kevin Love, those guys don't really get their due for what they're doing for their team. So I think that's a nice spot for us, finding guys that, you know, need to get talked about a little more and, you know, highlight what they're doing on the court. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we 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 see it, we see the highlights. And mm-hmm. and I'll just say this before I finish. Um, we, we see highlights and a lot of times there are the dunks. There are some amazing plays. And we know these players for their athleticism. But a lot of times we never take a second to stop and think about what they're actually doing for their teams. Right. And I think in, in this pod, what we did is we gave people a chance to see the players in a different light. We, we weren't talking about them dunking and those highlight, mm-hmm. you know, Instagram reels. We, we, we actually focused more on yo, look at their numbers and look how the team is rallying behind them. Look at the leadership. I mean, those are some of the things that you expect to see in your MVP. Those are some of the things that we put light on. So I felt like this was a really positive conversation. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, I loved it. And this is kind of, uh, this is pretty much about, this is this is why we wanted to do it. You know, this is why we want to get on, get on the mic and record and post so that we could talk about these things that we feel kind of don't get their due. So look out for more of it. There's some other guys that I'm I'm looking forward to talking about. Like we, we gotta start talking about Anthony Edwards at some point. That's another one of my guys that I really I really want to talk about and and what he's doing in Minnesota. There's some other players that uh, we can talk about as the weeks come along, but. This has been a great episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you don't know, as of yet, we can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, anywhere really that you get podcasts. We're we're powered by anchor.fm, and it just puts our episodes out on all those formats for us. It's a great tool. If you're not familiar with it, if you want to start your own podcast, we recommend anchor.fm. It's pretty easy to use and to get started. Um, we're also on social media, so give us a follow there. Uh, we're on Twitter at Pace and Space Pod, uh, so give us a give us a follow there. Check out our tweets, and we're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook.com page. It's Facebook.com/slash Pace and Space Podcast, and we'll put all that in the, in the episode information. And thank you for listening. And Leif, what do you want to say to people? Yeah, thanks for listening. Check us out on social media. Uh, Everything Calvin said, we appreciate you listening. And uh, hope everyone is doing safe, being healthy. And as always, 
Stay woke and stay mellow. Peace.